0: Hello and welcome to Get That Grad Job, a podcast brought to you by the Lancaster University Careers Team. Today's theme is Secrets of a Great CV. I'm Hannah, your host, and today I'm joined by three
1: guests. Would you like to just all introduce yourselves?
2: Sure, yeah. My name's Alex Naylor. I work with the Employment and Recruitment Service here at Lancaster University.
1: Uh, My name is Jo Hobbs. I'm Careers and Placements Consultant. I work in the Central Careers Service where we run extracurricular workshops and offer one-to-one advice appointments.
3: My name's Vicki Metcalf, I work for the management school careers team and I specifically work with marketing students or students who want to work in the creative industry.
0: Great thank you so much for joining me today I'm really appreciative of it and um, so we've been talking about CVs today and um, should we just go back to the basics, what is the purpose of a CV?
1: So I think the main purpose of a CV is to uh, make a good impression, make a good initial impression on, on an employer and um, to sell yourself effectively or summarise your experience in an effective manner.
2: Yeah, one of my former colleagues described as your C V as your shop window. That's how you mm. sort of advertise yourself mm. to your potential employers so it's your opportunity to give a great
3: impression. Nice. Yeah I would I suppose I would agree with both definitions. Coming at this as as the marketer in the room, I would kind of basically say it's your advert, so essentially similar to what these guys are saying but a bit glossier. <laughs>
1: I like the shop window. Yeah, one. Hmm. I I'm trying to think. What, I'm trying to think what else I've heard it. Movie hmm. reel. Movie reel. Hear real. that? Like a trailer. A little trailer to your life Ooh. or your employment life <laughs> and other exciting hobbies.
0: <laughs> nice. So, what would you say are the elements that make up a great CV as opposed to just an average CV?
3: Can I can I interrupt you, Hannah, and ask a question of you guys? That's sure. Mm. Oh. Hi. I'm, I'm going to confess to the world here, or the world, or however many people are listening, is that I'm a little bit older than you guys. So bearing in mind that you guys are a bit kind of closer to the graduate recruitment world, how did you feel about your CV while you were at uni? Like, were you excited to do your CV? Or was it like, ugh, how did, you know, what kind of relationship did you have with your CVs before you started working on them?
0: Mm. That's a good question. So I was um, a placement student. I did a placement year in my degree. And so I had to be quite on it with my CV in order to get a placement in my third year. Mm. And then because I'd worked in industry for a year, um, I kind of had that industry knowledge to be able to do my CV. However, I found it so tough to do. I'm someone who doesn't really like sell themselves very well. I'm always like dumbing myself down. So to be able to like do that in an effective, writing an effective CV, I find quite difficult. Mm.
2: Yeah, I was one of those students who didn't massively engage with the career service kind of off my own back whilst I was a student. Um, But luckily in my course, my final year, had an employability module built in. Um, So I found that really useful because that really kind of woke me up to what Mm. I needed to do before um, sort of heading into the world of work to kind of really focus my mind a bit. At that time, I already had a couple of jobs anyway, so I was kind of already working. Mm. So it it really kind of taken a backseat for me, which actually was not a good thing in retrospect.
1: Yeah, I think I didn't pay much attention to my CV at all throughout university. I didn't have any employability modules um, in my curriculum. I had part-time jobs, they were all in bars, but it didn't need a CV. It was just, have you pulled a pint before? Great, you're hired. (laughs) Um, And it was only when I left university that I realised I needed to make one. And I think still then I was more focused on is just key facts and figures, Mm. dates, numbers those sort Mm -hmm. of things I hadn't really thought of it in terms of marketing or selling myself
0: if I went back now I would use the career service so much more with hindsight I hardly ever used it and I think as probably the most recent graduate out of all of us like it's changed so much even since I was a student but still I would say using that career service
1: I think just getting different perspectives yeah. on it like absolutely the career service but friends and family yeah. as well who might know you better be like oh you've not talked about this yeah. at all on your on your CV why not yeah. Um, yeah. and I think yeah that's something that if I had then, of hindsight yeah. that, again <laughs> I would have done my CV whilst at the at university when things are more fresh in my mm. memory mm, definitely the reason that I asked that question is I think
3: it's it's a really important first step before you start thinking about your CV is almost it goes back to what you said Hannah about not wanting to not being comfortable selling yourself you know we all described our CV as as that shop window that advert that basically marketing tool but if we don't have the the kind of relationship with it where we're confident in what we're trying to put in it what message we're actually wanting to put out there that we don't have that self-awareness or that self-confidence then it is going to be a really difficult thing to get to grips with and actually to take ownership and take pride in so I think picking up what you guys are saying about making use of the career service I don't think it's just about getting someone to look at your CV it's about getting someone to listen to your story and ask you questions about who you are and what you're motivated by to try and capture what we would call in marketing that brand essence you know what is the story that you're trying to tell and until you kind of really get to grips with that and own it and are happy with it that's when your CV actually has more meaning because it's it's it has a clearer purpose. It's not just about the employees or the recruiters. It's about this is what I want to tell. Now we'll get onto I'm sure when we start talking a little bit more about how we kind of tailor things for employees and recruiters. But for me that first crucial step is really having a confidence in the message that you want to put out there before you even, you know, open our C V guide.
1: Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Message and purpose is keys and if you don't know why you're writing a CV you're going to find it much more difficult than somebody who's got clear objective as to what they're using their CV for. It's like sitting down to write an essay without an essay title. Yeah Yeah, that's a good good example.
2: And from my recruitment perspective we can definitely see when it's quite a generic CV and if it's not tailored to the role it usually is quite obvious that that's the case.
0: And if you are someone who struggles with working out what your experience is and what you've done in the past that can be useful. We've actually got a podcast um, previous to this one called Selling Your Experiences and Applications, um, and that will be a really useful podcast to listen to if you are, um, well, it's useful for anyone, but especially for those who are unsure as to what to write.
3: Alex, can I ask, just picking up on that point that you just made, do you kind of feel like some CVs that you look at just come across more confidently than others?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, It's interesting that you work in the marketing department as well, because Quite often you can spot a marketing student mm-hmm. CV because they will think very carefully quite often about the actual look of it visually, as well as the content. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I think it is it is something that recruiters take notice of. And the good ones yeah. really genuinely do stand out.
3: Mm-hmm. Cool, okay. It's good to know that I'm talking
0: sense. <laughs> <laughs> So, Alex, you you review CVs from an employer's perspective. Yes. Can you give us any insight into what employers are looking for with CVs?
2: Yeah, um, I think uh, there's obviously a number of a number of different things here. Um, I think one of the big things to consider is that when you're making your job application, the the recruiter at the other side of the process, you know, you might be applying for a job where it's quite niche, and you might only have five or ten applicants. Or you might be applying for a job where it's quite varied and you might have hundreds or even thousands of um other sort of uh, competitors in that in that particular application um so trying to stand out is a big a big thing really so make sure that you tailor it is the biggest bit of advice i can give you Mm -hmm. make it relevant to that particular job because if the recruiter is having to look through hundreds of cvs chances are they're not going to be spending hours scrutinizing every single one for tiny details so make sure that the the relevant skills that are are, particularly kind of pertinent to that job really jump out at the Mm. recruiter that's the big thing i think for me Mm. Um, uh, in terms of how it looks try and make it visually appealing to a certain extent as well you don't it doesn't need to be some huge work of art but also you know consider your font size consider that it kind of uh, the use of space works well within it um, and make sure it it looks professional
0: Mm. That's a really good point. So in addition to getting help from the careers team, there are actually lots of places where you can get help um, to tailor your CV to an organisation. Could someone just tell us a little bit more about that? How a student or graduate would go about that?
1: Uh, yeah, so a good starting point when you're making your CV for a purpose, so kind of going back to that, having that initial purpose for your CV, is going to the company website if you've seen a particular advert that you want to make an application for, they will have specified exactly what it is they are looking for you to communicate in your application documents, and um, in order to make the employer think you would be a suitable candidate to bring into interview. So my advice is always to kind of take a copy of the advert and use it as a checklist document to work through the content of your CV. If they're asking for you to have excellent team working abilities, then there has to be some reference to occasions where you've worked successfully in part, as part of the team within either examples of your work experience um, or in the skills section of your CV. So it's trying to kind of marry up what they've put in their mm-hmm. advert with the content of your CV. I think
3: there's also lots of opportunity to get clues about company culture and how you would fit when you look at either a job advert or, you know, writing your search to the company website. Because if you think about the language that the employer is using to describe the job and describe the requirements of the candidates that you're looking for, you can get a certain sense of, you know, on the scale of formal, informal, relaxed, very corporate, you know, how are they talking about themselves? How are they talking about the kind of candidate that they're looking for? I I do a session with First Years where I've got a bunch of examples of employers, and I I think Bloomberg talks about wanting candidates who are very credible, whereas Virgin talk about wanting candidates who have kick-ass mischief. (laughs) You can see the extremes of the, you know, the culture of employers and what they would expect to see and sort of feel from an application as well. So, you know, Joe's absolutely right that doing that tick box exercise of, okay, am I meeting all of their criteria? But am I also then presenting myself in a way where they could imagine me being in their team because Mm. I have that quotation kick-ass energy, mm-hmm. kick-ass chief that Virgin are looking for. So I think there's there's more that you can get from just the advert. Go to the website, have a poke around to employees on LinkedIn, see if you can reach out to any of our alumni in those companies to get those clues. But think as well about tone as about facts. Alex, would you agree with that, bearing in mind you are the professionals?
2: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it's interesting that you can often tell you know, it's usually quite obvious when someone's done a bit of research mm-hmm. and kind of dug a little deeper. So not just looking at the at the job advert or the, the, uh, the, the description or the person spec, but maybe looking a little bit deeper about the actual business and kind of getting an idea of the culture or some of the things that they're famous for maybe and sort of getting that into your CV, into your application somehow. Because that's, it can be, it doesn't have to be really overt, it can be quite mm-hmm. subtle, but it really does demonstrate that you've kind of taken that extra bit of care mm-hmm. Um, to to really think about the application and about why you're applying Uh, and to show some understanding of the role as well. I think that's something that um, candidates quite often miss out on is that they'll talk a lot about loads of skills that they've got that aren't necessarily relevant to what they are applying for. Um, So yeah, kind of really making sure that that jumps out at the recruiter helps
1: a lot. And I think, so like touching on what everyone has said, it really kind of cements the fact that you can't just have one CV Mm. because either the qualities required of the job are going to be different or the actual type of organisation and their culture is going to be completely different and so it's usually quite an unpopular um, comment to make to students <laughs> in that you do need to have sort of multiple versions of your CV and you can't just send exactly the same one to every employer because it's not going to have the same effect. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
3: Sorry Joe. that's a really cunning point because I think one thing that I spend a lot of time working with students on again, you know, really early stages is trying to get to grips with what sort of thing they want to do. And I'm not talking about kind of job titles, I'm talking about, you know, kind of lifestyle, what sort of work they will enjoy, what things they've enjoyed in their degree, what types of brands they might want to work for. Because the more we can kind of solidify a direction of travel the easier it is to not have to change a CV to the extent of, you know, Bloomberg and Virgin Media, because there's a brilliant quote that I also use that no one brand can have universal appeal. So, you know, we don't all like Pepsi. One of us will like Coke. It's it's the same, I think, in recruitment that you can't necessarily take one CV and stretch it to the end of the spectrum of Bloomberg and Virgin. But the more you have a good grip on where you think you would fit really well in that job market, Mm -hmm more that you know your one cv will you'll always tailor it per employer but actually if you know that you're really keen on working in big data actually you're only tailoring it to the individual company requirements rather than across different industries
0: mm. i think that's really true i think actually a lot of students is kind of one of the biggest mistakes that we see as career professionals i'm speaking on behalf of everyone but it's probably one of the biggest mm. mistakes that we see from students when we see their cvs uh, that it's just not tailored to a role or to a sector or to whatever they're applying to. What yeah. what would you say are kind of the other biggest kind of common mistakes that you see for, from students within their CVs?
3: I get really, really tired of kind of reading what I would basically say are CV guide CVs in mm-hmm. that essential mm-hmm. They've read a CV guide and they've just kind of lifted all of the language, so, you know, dynamic, motivated, hard-working marketing student, <laughs> and it's, you know, I see the word creative and I just want to sob a little bit because it, it's only ever kind of thrown in there without any real depth of explanation. So, for me, it's kind of trying to say, okay, look, the CV guides are out there to tell me how to structure it and how to kind of use professional phraseology but you don't have to lift it word for word so it all becomes very, very generic. That's the kind of, I think, the mistake that I would say a lot of people make. Whereas if you start, you know, your profile statement, I know there's a lot of discussion about whether it should have a profile. From a marketing point of view, if you start with your profile statement and you've got a really powerful look, this is who I am, this is what I'm all about, this is what I'm looking for, that then sets the tone for the rest of your CV and it starts with that original message and that original story. And from there... Hopefully, it sort of transforms from something that is the kind of average thing that we see over and over. And I'm sure, Alex, you see over and over and over and over.
2: Yeah, yeah, I definitely would echo those sentiments. I think um, it's really easy to talk about how amazing you are and how creative and how talented and how, how hardworking and motivated you are. But as the recruiter, I want to see some evidence. I want to know why you are that person, what got you to that place and which which skills are the relevant ones for this particular role. So yes, I'm sure that being a, a creative and whatever other adjectives you want to chuck in there person is really good. But from the recruitment perspective, it's totally meaningless because um, you want evidence. You, you need to see that this person really is those things mm-hmm. because of what they've done, not because of who they are almost.
1: Yeah, I think the evidence thing is really important. That's one of my kind of, I guess, pet peeves. <laughs> when I look at a CV is students underselling themselves and what they've done. And they're very nonchalant about jobs they've had and they'll just summarize it in a few words and then when you pick a little bit deeper and get them to think about what skills they displayed in order to make something successful to make an event run things they've done are very impressive and if you've never had that dialogue with them Mm. they would never think about including that on their cv and that is for me one of the kind of the biggest Mm. mistakes i see when looking at student cvs Mm, definitely
2: if i could jump Uh, in with another big one as well um it would be let someone else look at your cv before the recruiter sees it because honestly we can tell (laughs) like it's always really comforting that i can usually tell if um, someone has been to see the career service first before they've submitted their application versus someone who's never been to see careers Mm -hmm. when they submit their application because as much as using all of the online guide guides and things is really good but you need to have someone else to check it because there'll be obvious things that you've missed just because you've been kind of lost in the in the world of writing it that you don't spot the obvious mistakes sometimes so they can be like really easy to fix spelling mistakes and things like that Mm -hmm. which could mean that you've got a really great cv in terms of content but then if the presentation isn't up to scratch actually Mm -hmm. that's potentially going to cost you a place in that interview i get
0: really frustrated when i read cvs and the formatting's not right like automatically (laughs) because i'm a real attention to detail person it just drives me insane i just don't want to read it if there's different font sizes and different gaps different margins
3: I think a really important point to make here, and I'm interested to see if you guys agree, is I know within, like, two seconds whether I want to read a CV. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: I know that we all kind of give people the 20-second rule because that's typically how long a recruiter could spend on it. But I know within two seconds whether I want to read it or not. Mm -hmm. What do you guys
1: think? Uh, Yeah, I agree. And I agree with you, Vicky, in that I do kind of endorse having a short profile summary at the top of your CV. Mm-hmm. Like we know we said, some people say do, some people say don't. It's that bit that I'll read first and that almost will suggest whether or not I want to read mm-hmm. the rest of their CV or not. And that's where I think the value is of having an effective profile summary at the top. Um, but I think you can make yeah. a pretty quick decision whether or not it's worth continuing to read somebody's CV after a, a few seconds, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. and
3: I think what, what Hannah said, sorry Alex, it's just, no you nice know, sense. if it looks a bit messy, you can see that instantly. You know, it, there's real things that kind of put you off straight away that, so, as you said, if, if you get somebody else to look, they will spot those things straight away. So, you know, as we've said, anything that is actually going to get you rejected from a shortlist can be fixed so easily.
2: Mm. And if your CV is your shop window, maybe the sort of intro section, your profile is like the, the sign above your shop window, perhaps. <laughs> maybe that's the bit that kind of your your attention's drawn to first before you sort of start oh. looking a bit deeper into it so I'm, I'm a big fan of the the short profile piece i know i said i don't like all the adjectives necessarily um, but yeah. as long as it's backed up mm-hmm. i think the the profile works really well because then it draws you in if i've got to read an entire side of a4 in 11 point times new roman or if i can read three lines mm. potentially it, the three lines is going to kind of get your attention first definitely. Also, I'm a big fan of not using Times New Roman, but that's just me.
3: <laughs> Especially when you've said you're creative in your profile. Oh, yeah.
2: If you're creative and you've got great attention to detail, don't make spelling mistakes and do not use Times New Roman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, finally, just in the last couple of minutes, what would you say are your like, biggest top tips to for students to turn um, their CV from like a good or an average CV to a great CV?
3: I'd say, again, with my very clear marketing and advertising hat on, I would say don't be afraid, I think as long as you've kind of had the advice that you are going to tailor it, you're going to look very careful at what the employer is looking for, that that is all in the back of your mind, don't be afraid to be yourself. At the end of the day, for me, a really strong CV is somebody who knows who they are, knows what they're good at, knows what they're selling and has positioned it properly for the market they're applying to. So it's, you know, it's good advertising essentially. I don't think being professional has to be, you know, kind of corporate robot. I think you can sound professional and still sound authentic and original and relaxed. So I would just say, you know, say what you want to say, how you want to say it in some respects and get somebody else to look at it because we can help you kind of find that line between professionalism and possibly, you know, too casual or, you know, too far the other way. But it comes back to my, my kind of thing that I, I, I want people to like their CVs. You know, nobody's going to want to read your CV if you don't want to read your CV. <laughs> and if you don't like it, if you don't take any pride in it, why should somebody else be interested in it? So I would say you've got to try and find that sweet spot where actually you're really proud of what you've said and how you've said it. And that's when I think a CV goes from being average to being, yeah, I want to meet this person. This person's really inspired me.
0: Yeah, it's a good
2: point. Uh, so, for me, the the difference from a sort of a, between a good CV and changing it into a great CV is just get the support that's out there, um, because that is a huge, huge influence on um, on kind of the the end result. I think you know, there's there's tons of support there. Use all of the online tools first, because that's a great way to get started. So, I think when you're starting your CV for, at first, it can be really intimidating, and it, you know, you've got a blank page or two blank pages sitting in front of you but it's it, you'll find it'll build up really quickly but just get that support that's out there once you've had that um, kind of um, support of someone looking through it and giving you a little bit of um, guidance on it it makes a massive difference because they'll point out the things like I said before the, the obvious mistakes but they'll really then sort of point you in the right direction of this is how you fix it. And that's the one thing that you can't get from the kind of the online tools because mm-hmm. obviously there's loads of stuff out there um but yeah just getting that help ma- makes a huge difference to the end result it really really does i mean i came to see hannah with my cv uh, <laughs> last year so um and i got a lot of benefit out of that my cv looks loads better now so thanks hannah
1: thanks <laughs> i think for me um trying to move away from the traditional Ordering of your sections as well in your CV. So I see a lot of CVs that just go education work experience hobbies and interests and actually Yeah, that's what a traditional CV would look like but I often with students find their most important Pieces of information are in the hobbies and interests Mm -hmm. section So usually on the very end of the second page of their CV where nobody's going to see them so actually when you're looking at where you're going to put information on your CV Don't be afraid to move things Mm -hmm. higher up as you feel appropriate. Don't think, oh, well, I'm quite constrained because it was just a society that I was in, so it should really grow my hobbies and interests. Actually, if you think this is something an employer should know about, mention it in your Mm -hmm. profile summary Mm -hmm. and move it higher up your CV. You can call your sections on your CV, whatever you like. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, that's massive. I think that's really, really cool because it goes back to what I was saying before about the evidence bit as well. I almost as a recruiter, I don't care where the skill came from. Mm-hmm. I want to know that you've got the skill and how you got the skill and why it's relevant to this job application. Mm-hmm. So if you've got that skill by doing something in a society or a sports team, mm-hmm. you might have done some amazing stuff that I can't have even imagined doing myself. <laughs> um, but because it's done sort of out either outside of your sort of academic life or your work life, yeah, or it's unpaid, you know, you might not feel like it's relevant. Actually, if it's the right skill, it's the right skill.
3: Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think this is a really, really important point because I, one thing that I think tends to inhibit a few people is the kind of the sort of structure of having to dig out a CV and create that template. I think if you're struggling to decide what is what goes in it, it's like, you know what, just forget the word CV for a moment and just brainstorm what you think your top skills, achievements, experiences are on a blank sheet of paper. We do a, a vision board activity in marketing where I get students to basically just create a visual presentation of everything that they feel constitutes you know who they are I think if you're feeling hamstrung by the kind of templated idea of a CV in itself kind of push that to one side for a minute and just try and figure out what the messages are first because then you can figure out where they slot and as as Joe and Alex said they can slot in however you want to but it's trying to kind of get in touch with those really cool things that you want to talk about in the first place so I think that's a really good point So one last point I think I'd really like to make before we finish is when anyone is starting to put their CV together or, you know, it's ready to email out, I think a mantra that anybody should adopt is, think of Alex, (laughs) because Alex is the person who represents recruiters up and down the country, all around the world, who is reading CV after CV after CV. I have no idea how many you can get through in a day, Alex, but... I just want people to remember that there's a human being at the other end of this process. (laughs) Mm. A human being who, you know, drinks coffee and needs cake to get through the day and has, you know, worries and stresses and priorities and a boss and a home life. And I think it's very easy to just get caught up in our sort of version of this event. Whereas Mm. actually, if you think about the person at the other end who's reading it, it's almost easier to make that connection of this being a human process rather than just a piece of paperwork. Yeah. So let's all think of Alex. <laughs> please,
2: please do. <laughs> I'd much rather have a hard time because I've got too many good applicants yeah. than not enough good applicants.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you to my amazing guests. Um tune in for our next podcast in a couple of weeks. See you later.
2: Bye. Bye-bye.